I'm me and my husband made this decision. I'm gonna stick with it. He's not here, but I'm gonna still stick with it. So I'm sharing it with her. And she said, Fallon, you know, um, God can still hear Nicholas in a wheelchair. You know that, right? You laughing, but I broke down crying. I know it because it because was a challenge was of like, your faith. You was like, if I get the wheelchair, that means I'm sold out and I'm not going to do that. I'm going to stand on my faith. that's religious stuff. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know. I, I'm just so grateful that God used her to speak to me. And I remember just sitting there and I cried and I was like, it's just that simple. She said, it's not going to stop him from healing him. Getting what he need while you're waiting on the, the miracle to manifest. And so I went immediately, made the appointment to get his wheelchair. And I never forget, he get in that chair and it's like he lit up. Like my sister said, you know, he got his legs. And I was fighting back tears because I felt like immediately as a mom, I felt like I was holding my baby back. Yeah. I never imagined my public healing would inspire others to heal across the world. I thank you for using him to reach the world with the message of hope in relationships. But your life does not. God, you are my publicist. We laugh. <laughs> we share the unadulterated truth. He said, not only have I not divorced you, I ain't exposed you. Oh. We didn't marry fans, we married forever. And we wanted forever to act like a fan. Reveal her, Jesus. I will not compromise on mm -mm. getting a woman of God. You don't have to. And Father, I declare for his future wifey. Thank you for preserving her. This season, I declare miracles and manifestations. See, you're selling scripts. And you're unique. You ain't like nobody else. I, I noticed that right away. You being true to who you are, you're going to attract. Mm. It's a Hebrew word, chayil, and it was translated wealth, and it means people. It means men, it means resources, and it means means. I'm LaTaris R. Whitfield, and this is the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. Welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. I'm your host, LaTaris R. Whitfield. Listen, ooh boy, season six has been so unexpected. It's been absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, the healing begins. This season is called Miracles and Manifestation, and God has been showing up and showing out. Um, are you still shacking up with us? If you're still shacking up with us, come on. Can you make a commitment? Hit that subscription button and subscribe. Make sure you turn on your notification bell so you'll be notified about upcoming episodes. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher, make sure that if the platform allows you to, to rate it and leave a review. Today's episode is going to be quite interesting. Um, I met this amazing queen and her story really captivated me. As you know, the people that I have on this podcast have to apply to their, whether their story has to be relevant to my past, present, or my future. And so um, we're going to go ahead and deep dive into this. So without further ado, welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast, my new homie, Fallon Bonner. How you doing? I'm great. How are you? Now, at first, you said you was kind of nervous when you, you know, <laughs> this morning when you landed in in the great city of Dallas. Yes, I definitely was nervous. I mean, it's a pretty big platform. Like, I mean, it's all right. Just a couple it, people. Just a couple people going to see it. Just a couple okay. people. Okay. Y'all know. <laughs> <laughs> Just a couple people. Um, so, where are you from? Originally from Starkville, Mississippi. Starkville. Stark or SS? Stark. Starkville, uh -huh. Mississippi. Mississippi. Yes. And you currently reside? In Atlanta, Georgia. In the ATL. Mm -hmm. Laura, what yes. is the dating like in Atlanta? Ooh, how much time do you have? <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, it's interesting. Um, but, you know, 
I don't really partake in it, but it's it's pretty interesting from what I hear. Why well, you say you don't part- you, you single, so why don't you partake in it? Because um, you know, I just really want to be intentional. And I just want to wait for when God says the person. Of course, I'm going to present them before God and say, okay, is this someone you want me to go out with and get to know? But I just find that, you know, guys just, you know what they want. One thing. Really? Yeah. Is that still the narrative? Um, At least in my experience. Now, I only dated, like, went on a few dates recently, like last year. And it was just like, I don't know. Like, for me, the guys were trying to move a little fast. Give me an example. How were they moving fast? So they were saying, like, within the first few days that I'm their wife. And I'm just like, you know, I don't really see that. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> so um, I just, I'm just i really just trying to get to know you. But I think it was just to try to, you know, to get to the next step. They feel like that's the 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 bait to get a woman yep. to sleep with them is throw the, the oh, wife yeah, card start out talking there. about you know commitment and marriage and all that because I of course I'm like very open about that I am dating intentionally right and um you know that I'm abstaining and so so yeah. you're, are you uh, are you abstaining until you get into a committed relationship or abstaining until marriage? Abstaining until marriage. So you know it's a difference now. A difference. Oh, it's a difference. You talk to people like, well, yeah. if I feel the vibe, then I, well, I, you know, I'll do it. Or if I'm in a committed relationship, or you have some people that say marriage. I'm honoring God with my body, and I'm honoring my future husband before I meet him. That's what I'm talking about. Yep. This episode is titled "It Had to Happen." That came organically from a conversation that you and I had today. Yeah. And um, what had to happen? So we just gonna jump in like that. We, know we got to. We just gotta just jump right on in there because I want to. I want to. I want to jump right in there with the title, and then we're gonna reverse engineer this thing and walk us to uh, the single woman. How this woman became single. Yeah. Well, so I think that I remember telling you earlier that it it still feels really funny to even say it. But I feel like what I was referring to was that my husband passed. And um, my ministry was birthed right after he passed. I'm talking about a matter of weeks. And so I was like, it's almost like, you know, it had to happen. And so let's put time a timetable to it. When did your husband pass? September of 2016. And then November 3rd, God led me to go on Facebook Live and it was so interesting because I kept feeling this like tug in my spirit to go live. Now back then, y'all know, 2016 live was just kind of yeah, up and coming, yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't like I was just running to do live, and I actually wasn't that, that great at it. So I was just like, I really was hesitant. But after it kept dropping in my spirit over probably about three or four days, I said, I mentioned it casually to one of my girlfriends, and she said, "Well, I think you should do it." And so I remember getting very, very upset, honestly, because I was like, here I am grieving, you know, and I don't want to get on live and be crying. And I I don't, you know, I don't want to have this meltdown, you know, in front of all these people. And I remember sitting up in my mother's bed because after everything happened, I went to my mom's house and pretty much hung out in her bedroom. And that's where I stayed for weeks. So I remember just sitting up in my bed, in her bed, and I was like, you know, and I'm like having this conversation with God out loud, like, what do you want me to do? You want me to go on Facebook? And I just really softly, yes. And I said, and do what? Go on Facebook Live and do what? Share your love story. Mm. And I was like thinking, who would want to hear a story of that- a widow? Like of a love story of someone who's no longer even here. And this is, you know how we do, we start talking back to God yeah. and God. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, and I said, okay, God, I'll do it. And then he, you know, the Holy Spirit was like, do it on your anniversary. Wow. The Holy Spirit told you to share the love story about you and your late husband on your first anniversary after his passing. Yep. Which was, you know, November 3rd. And he passed September, what was that? September 24th. So literally a little over a month and a half. Yep. And you know, when it's God, you have a peace. So there was really just this peace and I couldn't really explain it. And it didn't really make a lot of sense, but I just was obedient. I put up a post and was like, hey guys, you want to come hang out with me on my anniversary? You know, I'm going to be talking about our love story, how um, my late husband's name is Nikki. So how Nikki and I met and, you know, and I just left it at that. But it was just a piece. Even putting a post out there, there was a mm. piece. So I remember the whole, you know, God is so strategic. He was leading me on, you know, how to even honor him on that day. So I remember yeah. buying a shirt that he had purchased when I was out of town. And so I remember getting dressed and God just really had me think about, like, get dressed like as if you were going on a date. So I was getting myself all dolled up and all dressed up as if I was going on a date with him. And it really kept me in good spirits. And, you know, my whole family, everybody rallied around. And I'm just thinking, you know, I probably have my family hanging out on live with me (laughs) at the very least. But I was blown away. I mean, within 24 hours. And the only reason why I knew the number is because people were, you know, people start inboxing you and texting you the stats and things like that. And um, within 24 hours, the video had 10,000 views. I was like, what just happened? And God was like, I have a message that I need you to share. About what? Like, about what? You know? But, yeah. So, I realized then, and I like to say, really, you know, my brand is called the Slay Ministry. This, In our definition of slay, I want to make sure I explain that because slay is this word that's just trending, yeah, you yeah. know, all over. But our definition of slay, and God really gave this to me, is to defeat the enemy. Yeah. Like, Samuel, you know. Um, yeah. Slay Goliath. So, so, with the, yeah, yep. slay my enemies. Yep. Yeah. So the slave ministry was born, I feel like, that day. Let's take a few steps back as you share this love story with the world. Um, it's no secret that one of my biggest, well, I'll say used to be because I've unpacked this and said, okay, God, one of my biggest fears was to do all this work, to go on this journey meet my purpose partner, mm-hmm. get married, and then be, and, and, and not even divorced, but to lose my wife uh, due to death. Um, and it's like, wow, it just seems so unfair. And I've yeah. met, you know, I have a friend, I've spoken about him before, that he was married and like a year later, his mm. wife died. Jesus. You know, and I was just like, whoa, that's, right. I was like, that's a good punch. Like it, 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 it was a lot. I couldn't even call him and offer him, uh, him mm. my condolences. I just, mm. I couldn't even no face. I just couldn't. I just said, I just looked at it on Facebook, and I was just like, my God. I just, I just didn't even know what to say. Yeah. Um. And so let's reverse this. How old were you when you met Nikki? Thirty-one. You were thirty-one mm-hmm. years old. How long did y'all date? Um. So I like to just from the day we met to the day we got married was 11 months. 11 months. Y'all got married within a year yep. of setting eyes on each other. Yep. Tell me about how did he pursue you? And tell me how y'all met. Gosh. Um, so we met at a mutual, a mutual friend's birthday dinner. And it's so interesting because you know how they say it happens when you least expect it? Yep. It's so true. 
I remember being in a season of waiting, you know, had been three years and abstaining, waiting, trusting God. I feel like as Christian women, once we get saved, the next thing we like, where my husband? Where is? my husband? <laughs> Where I got he? married to Jesus. Now I need to get married <laughs> Listen, to this dude. Where you at? Where, where you at? is he? Yeah. Right. And so, and I was no different, right? So it had been three long years of waiting. And so I had gotten to the place where I just stopped being hopeful about it. Stopped looking. And so this particular day, my girlfriend, she had a birthday dinner. I think it was a milestone birthday. I think it was her 30th. And so it was a pretty big deal. I'm really big on birthdays. And so I remember being so into like making sure her day was perfect. You know, I wasn't thinking anything about myself. And so... I went to the dinner, and so he's a mutual friend of hers as well. And so I remember when I um, arrived at the dinner, nobody was really there because I was the one with the cake. So I was like, I'm going to run in. You know, girls, what we do, we go into the bathroom, we take our selfies or whatever we do in yeah. there. And I come back out, and the room is filled. Like, it was crazy. It's like somebody snapped their fingers, and all these people were at the table. And it was only one seat that was, like, available where it wouldn't be obvious that I was being rude, and it was across from him. Because I wanted to just go all the way to the end of the table and just be to myself because I really wanted to sit next to my friend. But all the seats were filled. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to make this about me. Yeah. This is not my birthday. So I'm just going to you know, fill in. And I remember sitting down and I didn't want him to talk to me or anybody at the end of the table to talk to me. Just because he seemed really loud and obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I don't want this guy to like start asking me questions. And of course he did. He, but it wasn't just directed to me. He was asking just general questions, but he asked one question that caught my attention. And he said, how soon do you tell a guy that you are, you know, I know now we're saying uh, abstaining, but back then the we celibacy. were saying celibate. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, how long, you know, how, how soon do you tell a guy when you, when you meet him that you're celibate? And so I, I remember like lifting my head up and it was like three girls and he went one by one and they, you know, they all gave their answer and I was waiting. Well, I mean, I were, were, were the other girls actually <laughs> abstinent? No, that's what I'm saying. So, no. so what? So, what were some of their comments? Their responses? Some, yeah, some of their responses were like, um, you know, some of them stumbling over their words. Where I just, <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, I, I don't, I wait or whatever because I don't want to be judged and different things like that. They had different answers like that, and honestly, Latarius, I wasn't even really listening because I was waiting to give my answer. You know how you just waiting? To, You're like I'm ready. I'm Put ready. me in, coach. Yes. Put me in. <laughs> I'm ready to testify. Because I was thinking, what does this guy know about being celibate? What does he know about abstaining? Because he seemed so, like, he was asking questions about, he was talking about the strip clubs in Florida. Like, that's the kind of conversation <laughs> they were having. So I was like, let me go ahead and shut him down real yeah, quick. Yeah, go ahead. So what'd you say to him? So I said, um, I would tell them on the first conversation. First conversation, I was like, that way it's out there and we both know, you know, where yep. we're going, right? And I'm not wasting his time. He's not wasting mine. So he asked, you know, who was abstaining? So when he got to me again, I said three years. And I remember sitting back like, mic drop. Now, now what? what? <laughs> and I said, what about you? Because I was just ready to just make him be quiet. Yeah. I wanted to just, you know. And he said five years. <sighs> he said five, five years? Five years. And I said, oh. <laughs> um, and he was cocky, so he just... <laughs> You know, turned and just kept having a conversation with everybody at the table, like, yeah, checkmate kind of thing, right? And I was just sitting there, like, oh, he got me. Um, but I was intrigued. Yeah. To say the least. I mean, you should be. <laughs> I was intrigued. I'm intrigued. I'm like, what? <laughs> Five years? Yep. Lord, I don't wish that on my worst enemy. Anyway, um, <laughs> praise the Lord. Um, yes, so, um, <laughs> <laughs> That means I'll be 50 years old getting married. It is I'm age, yeah. We can't. Yeah, we can't be doing that. I'm about to be 45 <laughs> in March, March the 29th. Yeah. I can't be stepping time. I'm abstinent. I'm 50 years old. 
I'm doing something wrong in yes. life. Yes. <laughs> Still talking about welcome to the Dear Future Wabby Podcast. <laughs> I'm your host, Latarissa R. Whitfield. They're like, boy, you need to sit down somewhere. You, you ain't found a wife yet. What is going on? I'm waiting on Jesus. No, Ooh, you, see, no, no, we ain't gonna be doing that. I rebuke Negative, that. Right. Hey, Amen. Um, so how did that transition from that conversation then what? So, um, you know, after that, we ended up, I left the dinner. Again, I was intrigued. And so he was rude. He was very rude to me. Um, <laughs> you know, he was. But, you know, I didn't I didn't think he was flirting. I thought he was just being rude. So he was, like, making fun, asking me did I have lip, you know, injections and, you know, did I have butt implants. I mean, he outright asked me that at the table. You talk about embarrassed. And I was just appalled. I'm like, you were supposed to be a man of God. And why are you talking to me like this? And, you know, I am just... Oh my goodness! So I remember being living. Yeah, but yeah, he was like, you know, I have a question to ask you. I'm like, yeah, and he actually asked me that both questions back to back: lip injections and you What'd know. What you say? Plans. How was your response? I was like, no, I wanted to be like jerk, but I didn't. I was just like, no, and I was like, I can't believe you asked me that. And he was like, I mean, you know, now in Atlanta, you just don't know. Yeah, you gotta ask. You gotta ask. You gotta That's what he said. You gotta ask. <laughs> So, um, you know, I was turned off, of course. Um, <laughs> and I remember telling my girlfriend whose party it was that her friend was rude. Like, she had a rude friend at the dinner. Because she's like, how was everything? I was like, it was good except for that guy at the end of the table. Um, he was rude, you know, to me or whatever. And she was like, I bet you're talking about Nikki. And I was like, yeah, I think that he, I said, he's an attorney. She was like, yeah. She said, yeah, that's, you know, I'll talk to him. But <laughs> the, next, the next day, he sent me a friend request on Facebook. And um, I immediately saw the friend request and I said, there's no way I'm going to let him come in because I didn't want to accept it because I was like, I still had some BC pictures on there. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, I don't need him coming on here judging me and, you know, all this stuff. So I was like, yeah, he's coming back for more. So I'm just going to let this stay where it's at. And so, but something. He's coming back for more. Yeah, he's coming back for more just to keep talking about me and making fun. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I was, yeah, I had enough. For some of you, BC means before Christ. <laughs> yes. So that means she had some pictures had where she was, ATL, yeah, where she ATL taking peaks. pictures where you know <laughs> yep. turned backwards like that. She got those. those pictures. Yeah, I had, I had all yeah. those. Yes, and college pictures. It was it was a bunch of stuff on there. So, <laughs> um, yeah, and so I I it was it just it was God I guess that led me to go back. Um, and I just said, you know what, I'm gonna be ready for him if he says something. So I just accepted his friend request. <laughs> I accepted his friend request. And, you know, to kind of speak the story, we ended up, um, he has a, back then it was like, kind of like your podcast, but it was called Blog Talk Radio. Yeah. And he had a platform. Not only was he abstaining, but he had a whole platform called Sex, Dating, and Relationships where he would highlight, you know, Christians and, you know, the walk, you know, being yeah. being celibate and, and how to abstain. And he talked about being um, single, saved, and successful, you know, and abstaining. And like, you know, how, how was navigating dating. Um, with those things. And so I was so intrigued by his platform. And of course, I wanted to tune in. So I started listening to his um, radio show and I sent him a message. And I mean this. I really mean this. Listen to me. Okay, I, wait. Listen, I sent him a message and there was nothing go to ahead. it. What'd you say? <laughs> See if you low key try to no, shoot your I shot. I swear to you, I nah, did not. Go say it. I'm, 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 I'm going to give you reference for it. I'm going to interpret what you said and how I would have received that as a brother. Go ahead. Okay. I told him that it was a great show and that um, I said, keep doing what you're doing. We need more men like you that are, you know, highlighting this area and being bold about it. 
It was something like that, like telling him you're doing an amazing job and we need to see more of it. So, so I was proud of him. So I always say that's the best way to a Christian <laughs> shoot your shot. I did not shoot my shot. That's the best way. Because I'm going to tell you, I'm telling you, all you do, I'm telling you. Let, let, let me help you. I'm going to give y'all some free game, women. Because women do this to me all the time on my, on my podcast. They be, <laughs> amen. So Ooh. what happens is give the man Words of affirmation. Mm -hmm. That's the best thing you can do. I hear you say the, that all the time. Huh? I hear you say that all the time. It's, it's, you don't win every time. Wow. You can, don't be like, oh, you you handsome king. You 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 fine and all that. You're like, oh, that's, that's nice. Yeah. But if you talk about something that you like about him and it's beyond just the physical, it's the same with a woman. A woman that's of substance. If I say, hey, you fine in the mud, mm -hmm. you be like, oh, I hear that all the time. Yeah, I hear yeah that you're right. Okay. I got the gas station to say that to yes. me. But if I say, you know what, Fallon, man, I saw this post that you made where you talk about equality for women in the workplace. Mm. And as you begin to talk about this, man, you know, on my job, I've experienced the same thing. And yeah. I, I think that that's amazing, the efforts that you're leading in order to help with such, such, such. Mm -hmm. You'll be like, who, 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 who is this? He all, I've heard a couple of things. That's right. Yeah, he got something to talk about. <laughs> and then later on, I hit you with... By the way, you're absolutely beautiful. Mm. Yeah, you'll get my attention for sure. A whole different level. <laughs> yeah. So when you said that to him, he was like, okay, mind you, he he saw how he treated you, quote unquote, right. at the party. Mm -hmm. So then it lets him know you ain't you ain't sensitive, that you can take a joke because yeah. it didn't mean nothing by it. Yeah, he was just yeah. joking. Yeah. So he's like, all right, she, she ain't tripping. She ain't, you know, so all right, what's up? And then tell me what happened after that. So after that, um, he, you know, of course, he just replied back and said, thanks for tuning in, you know. But later, to your point, he was like, that stood out to him. But like, I man, well, I she... I'm telling you, I ain't wrong. I've been a man my whole life. You understand me? When I was a baby, I was a man. Anyway, let's go. He said that stood out to me. He said, you know, it just meant so much that you took the time to listen to my show. What man don't want to be listened to? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And, but my thing was this. I'm like. Being in a dating scene, because back then I was dating, you know, I, I was dating. and You were 31 years yeah, old. Yeah, and I was just meeting a lot of guys that just, when I would say that I was, like, waiting for marriage, it was foreign. They, they gone. It, yeah. Because it's still foreign, though. That's the thing about it. It's it not absolutely a, It's is. not a common thing. Yeah. And right. then you live in Atlanta mm -hmm. out of all cities. It's right. sure. Atlanta, you get women that's okay with a man being married, and she okay with being yep. a side chick. You get women that's, that's okay to be in, you know, threesomes and everything yep. else it's the it's a different level and that's worldwide but in atlanta where i think the statistics are what one man to every 17 women or something just after it, it's crazy, it's crazy. Yeah. i was yeah. like what so it's it's a different level of desperation there right. and the and the the bar is set so low mm -hmm. and so you when you have kingdom minded women that say I don't care about statistics I'm still going to hold true to what I what I believe yeah. and I'm going to let God be God in my life then that's where the standard is lifted right. and so for him he's like he's experiencing that yeah. trust me yeah, trust me <laughs> trust me he done experienced it all yeah. with people coming at him all kind of ways mm -hmm. yeah. um yeah. and then so he said what um after I, you know, of course, he, he just said, I appreciate you. Well, he didn't tell me that, that, that he just said, thank you, you know, for tuning in. Thank you for listening. And so I was uh, I was intrigued anyway, just based off of like him abstaining and, you know, having a being successful and just I'm like a great catch. Nice looking guy. And I'm just like young, no kids, you know. I was like, man, like, and then he went to my church. So I'm like, how did oh, I went to your church? Yeah, we went to, the, I didn't even know we went to the same church. Neither, obviously, we didn't know that we went to the same church. Not only did we go to the same church, we served in the same ministry. So, but what happened? You can. Y'all go to a mega church, though, you right? Go to a mega church, and yeah. you have shifts 
Okay. You know, you can do before service or after. So we just kept missing each other. We kept missing each other. We never even knew, um, you know, until after we actually had a conversation. That's How old was he during that time? I think if I was 31, then he was 30, 34. Okay. Yeah. So um, I'm trying to think. So after that, after... So I started asking, because, you know, the mutual friend, I was just like, what's up with Nikki? See, look at her. See, look at her. Look at her. She over inquiring now. Over look, inquiring. Look, now you getting the deets, because I don't think I've ever even shared this part. When, 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 when people sit on that yellow couch, boy, all kind of stuff come out. You understand me? Having anointing to ask questions. But I have to say this. Uh-huh. Even though I was saying, what's up with Nikki, he was saying, what's up with Fallon? Well, of course. Okay, so you it was kind of like, friend. we both, it's yeah, gonna always be that. We were both kind of like asking about each other, and I was just like, you know, What's up with him? And she, my friend was like, nah, he, nah, he ain't your type. You ain't going to, you're not going to. And I was just like. Why okay. would she say that though? What, what, what did she say? I was like, people be, well, go ahead. I don't know why. I mean, we were new friends. We had been friends like a year, I believe. And so I don't know what she thought. Maybe looking at dudes that I, a, a guy that I had dated in the past that she saw, like my ex basically. I think she was judging it about, based off of that. So what was the difference between the two? Um, He was like. The tall, dark, and handsome. You know what I mean? He was the typical yeah. height, you know, that kind of thing. And so I think she thought that... So she's going by straight physical. Physical. That's it. That's it. Yep. Straight physical. So she thought that that's what I like. You know what I mean? So, um, but I... So I don't... I don't I'm trying to see what happened after that. After... We kind of went back and forth. So I didn't know, but he, he was praying. So he was basically praying to God about me. So I thought he was not interested. So I'm like three, four weeks passed, and it's like... He would, he would message here and there, but it would be little stuff like, I want to invite you on the blog, you know, on, on the show so you can, you know, he had a, a panel for women. I want you to be one of the women on the panel. So he would do little stuff like that. I was like, okay, sure, I would love to come on. But that would be it. And then Christmas Day. He didn't have your phone number at all. No. He didn't have my phone number. This is all on Facebook, on Facebook. Messenger. Back and forth. And it was maybe once or twice throughout the three or four weeks. It wasn't oh. like regularly. You know what I mean? So... Um, I thought he was not interested at all. And I'm telling my friend, our mutual friend, I'm like, girl, he's not interested. He's not interested. And I thought his type was like tall, because he like he did like tall girls. So and I'm not tall, but <laughs> tall, um, slim, light skin, long hair. That was his type. So the model type, yes. the typical and runway model yes, type. Yes, 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 yes. So I thought that was his type. And I was like, you know, I'm black, black. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> Just say it like that. Mississippi you know, black. Li- listen, okay. <laughs> so civil rights black. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, um, when you think about, you know, what we as black women, you know, the things that we have, full lips, curvy, all those yeah. things, you know, that's what I am. So anyway, um, but that's his type. That, so he's gonna be like really the type, type of girl with more of the European features. That's what I thought. So I thought that he wasn't interested. Yeah. But he was um he not only was he like trying to play it cool I'm like this I'm exactly his type like I didn't even realize his ex even the girl before like all the people that he dated in the past prior to the one that he was engaged to which I'm sure we'll get to that um were we were all similar I'll say that but I didn't know that because all I all I knew was the girl that he was engaged to right that's the only thing I had so to the go same off way of. your friend was judging you based upon your type by your exactly. ex you did the same thing to him based yes. on the last person yep exactly last known person yep yep exactly <laughs> <laughs> and and the interesting part about that is both of us was trying something different we were tired of waiting that's good we were tired of waiting and so we were like you know maybe our preference and our type or whatever let's let's try to get outside of that come on I need you to say that again to some people maybe our preference you know maybe we need to get outside of our preference and our type 
and just be open to what God wants to do. I did an episode first season called Preference Versus Purpose. I mm, had my good friend good. Raquel uh, West and I, and she just had this type. You know, she's yep. like, this is typing, but that type I always used to hurt her. Yep. And I was like, can you get out of it? It'd, it'd be the same look. It'd be the same. I'm yep. like, why are you basing Something that's a marriage. I guarantee you never divorce somebody based upon they look. No. I ain't never heard nobody no. say I divorced her because she just started looking different. No, it'd be it'd be all the other stuff. I'm telling you. Right. And so at the end of the day, <laughs> when we start, you said you hit the nail on the head where you said you had to get away from your preference mm-hmm. and say, you know what? God, let thy will be done. Yep. Both of us really came to the end of ourselves with the last people that we thought. I mean, we jokingly used to say we need to put them together. <laughs> Like, because they really probably would have been really good together. <laughs> Seriously. Um, but we we really were like came to the end of ourselves. And so we were open. I believe when you really come to the end of yourself, then God can really go to work. She said, on come your to behalf. the end of yourself. And that's what happened. So, um, you know, he I don't know how he I think he reached out. Oh, Christmas. That's what happened. He reached out on Christmas Day <laughs> and he said, Merry Christmas, Fallon. Now, that's all he said. But y'all know as women. Like, I he read of me. into that he said, thing. He said, he said Merry Christmas, Fallon. He could just say Merry Christmas, yes. but he, he said, said Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas, Fallon. We put an exclamation point. That means he was excited. We said Merry Christmas, Fallon, yep. exclamation point. So his voice probably said Merry Christmas, Fallon. And he probably said Merry Christmas, Fallon. No, how do you say Merry Christmas, Fallon? Y'all be all in y'all here. Yeah, we, we, we analyzed the message. And Three I words. was no deep. Yep. I took it to my sister. And I'm like, so what do you think this means? Like... <laughs> <laughs> what am I supposed to say back? She was like, Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I ended up messaging him back, Merry Christmas, and that was it. After that, he, um, <laughs> we saw each other in church on New Year's Eve um, service, and that's when things really took off. Like, I was in the book, we ended up, because they had us all serving in the bookstore at the same time, because it was one service. And we ended up running into each other in the bookstore. And um, he asked me, you know, what I have plans to go, you know, grab something to eat out the church. And I was like, no. Oh, yeah, you go out of the church. Well, he was doing it in like our friend group. Like okay. all of us are going to go all grab food. Okay. He are played you, it smart. Yeah, he played are you smart. coming too? Minimize the rejection. All right, I see how he played it. Well played, Nikki. <laughs> yeah, and I, I told him that, um, you know, I'll, I'll see. So we ended up not getting being able to get together, but I'm trying to see how we got on the phone. We did exchange numbers. And so we ended up being on the phone. And I'm not kidding. That night, 11 hours. So from New Year's Eve, we talked from New Year's Eve to New Year's Day for like 11 hours. Well, it was New Year's Day by that point because church was over. So 11 hours on New Year's Day. And the rest is history. It's like we were, I felt like I was talking to an old friend. And that had never, ever happened before. You know, that's when people say, well, how will you know? You're going to know. You're going to know when you're on the phone with your spouse. You you will just immediately know. It's you're you're I believe if you're a Christian, your spirit will bear witness. You'll know. Am I am I touching up? Am I messing you up? <laughs> yeah, you're making me I'm mad. I'm sorry. You're triggering me. <laughs> you're making me mad, Fallon. You're making me mad. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, we that's how that eleven hour conversation, I can't say that I was like, oh, this is my husband. But I was like, this one is different. I See, did. That's the, that's the language right there. This is different. It's the language. It's, it's, that's the language. This yep. is different. Yep. It was a clear. It was a clear distinction. Like this is not like anybody I've ever communicated with before. The conversation that we were having, and then I was. It's like I'm waiting on my husband. He looking for his wife, 
So the conversation was very intentional. <laughs> okay. So how was the conversation intentional? It was, um, you know, how many kids do you want? Um, you know, what, you know, where do you see yourself five years from now? Um, those deeper questions that are beneath, you know, beyond the surface, your family. He asked me about my father, my relationship with my father, you know, just different things like that. You know, knowing that I was raised in a, a single parent home, where's your father? You have a relationship with your father. Like he was asking those kind of questions. And I was just like, nobody has ever asked me about my dad. If I tell them that it's, you know, my mom, they don't say, where's your dad? They're just like, oh, okay. You know, can I meet your mom? Kind of thing. And so that's when I started to kind of, I remember hanging up the phone just being like, that was a, that was very refreshing. That was a very refreshing conversation. I didn't read too much into it at all. But because we both were very intentional, I didn't have to wonder, what well, was he going to call me the next day? You know, am, should I text him? It was just natural. Like, it wasn't forced. It was easy. Um, and we just really became inseparable, really. We never, like, stopped talking from that day. So at what point did you feel it transitioned from somebody just getting to know to this is my husband or him saying that you his wife. So he asked me out on a date. This was four weeks in. Well, not four weeks in when he asked me out on a date, but I knew to answer your question four weeks in. Four weeks after four, he four talked to you for New Year's. We, yes, is when I knew that he was my husband. So he, You knew it first or did he know it we first? We both knew it, I think, at the same time. But, of course, I was waiting on him to say something. So he asked me out on a date probably about a week after we met, and I said, I don't date. I believe in courtship. Ooh, shoot. <laughs> Fouling, boy. Fouling is Fouling a pimp. Let me tell you no, something. Oh she is a pimp. She said, you're going you gonna, to you gonna date her on her level. You, you ain't finna be no dating. Ain't finna be all that. She want to go old school. It's called courtship. courtship. You understand that? That's a word that we don't hear often anymore. <laughs> we hear dating. We hear kicking it. We yep. hear hanging, hanging out. out. Mm-hmm. You know, we all, you know, we just come by. We just going to hang out. Yep. She said, no, you're going to court me. We're going to go ahead and go to the Well, basement. you know, heartbreak had took, had took, drove me to that point. Ooh, how, did, how did heartbreak lead you to oh courtship? Oh, my God. After being disappointed and being excited and thinking things are going to go somewhere, sharing your, you know, even though you may not, I wasn't sleeping with anybody emotionally, I was getting tied to them. Yeah. Spiritually, you sharing your dreams and your goals and all this stuff. And so it was still disappointing to have to start all over getting to know someone. And so I was tired of that. Yeah. Tired of being excited and then getting, getting um, being disappointed. And so... I was like, let me, I, I can control this narrative, right? And I can do something different. And so if, if I'm tired of being disappointed and having these two and three weeks where I got to get myself back together and all of that, I can eliminate all of that by just not dating because <laughs> it was leading to disappointment. <laughs> She's going to court me. We're going to just change the word. I, I read a book called Choosing God's Best. And he was the one that presented this idea of dating God's way. And he, he spoke about courtship being biblical. And I said, I've tried everything else. Let me just give this a try. I was honestly just trying it out. He was the first person that I tried it out on. <laughs> you know, he just had So what, how did that look different then? Because people so, may not understand what that yeah, really looks like. So what, what's courtship. the difference between dating and courtship? So courtship, first, as you probably can expect, is intentional. And then you don't go on solo dates. So everything is in a group setting. Um, so that people that are closest to you get a chance to really see this person because, you know, you're all giddy and you're getting to know them. And so you gonna you may miss some things, but your close circle can catch those things. Also, um, you have like an accountability couple that you actually go and meet with. And like so the wife, you, know, you and the wife have a relationship and then, the, you know, you're the guy and the, and the um, husband has a relationship. And they are the ones that's almost like spiritual parents that are overseeing the relationship. 
And um, courtship is really, it's just a period of planning the wedding. It's like, we're not dragging this thing out. Once we decide to enter into a courtship, we have decided that we're going to, the, the end goal is marriage. Boy, I wish, boy, boy, people can say this a lot of time, yeah. a lot of energy, Absolutely. a lot of money, a lot of tears. Yep. Four Absolutely. weeks in, you said, basically, we planned a wedding at this point. Well, four weeks in. Um, he, you my husband, you my wife. Yeah, so he asked me, he said, would you, I would like to enter, enter into a courtship with you. And I told him, um, I think I told him that I needed to pray about it or something because I just wanted to make sure that it was God. And I came back and I said, I feel like God is telling me, you know, yes. How so, long did it take you to come back? Probably like maybe two days, a couple days. And I was like, yeah, I feel God leading me to enter into this courtship with you. And so um, he, I asked him, had he read the book? Because I wanted him to understand what courtship was. And he, so he went and got the book, read the book. And so we both understood, you know, what needed to happen. And so... We went through this whole thing of we identify who our like spiritual parents will be an accountability um, couple, but then it was really difficult to try to plan dates around other people's schedule. Yeah, that's kind of it was super uh, super difficult. So we ended up um, not doing that part. You yeah. know, after like two or three times of just not being able to get together. Um, he was like, listen, I want to see you. <laughs> yeah, because I, I don't know how I can do that at this big age of 44 talking about I need a chaperone. That woman looking at me like, is you crazy? I'm like, boy, what's wrong? I mean, I just, I read this book and I just need a group of people. They be like, man, I don't want all these people at my house. Like, what are you talking about? You well, we got to come all hang out together. Like, we <laughs> meet, meet you at the picnic. I know weekly. it does sound kind of. Yeah, it's like, it. it makes sense when you're in your 19, yeah, 20, yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. you know, but it's just it'd be hard to be it like, is. hey, what you doing today? Mm -hmm. it's, already, it's already hard enough if you have a life Absolutely. to try to plan it with another person. Yeah. And now yeah. you got to look at everybody different schedule. Yep. You know what I'm saying? I got a call from one of my homeboys, uh, uh, Destiny and Brandon, um, yesterday. Oh, yeah. yeah, they were on the mm -hmm. podcast, and I want to take them for dinner for hitting a million subscribers. Oh, yeah, on, that's on YouTube, I saw that, yeah. man, I love them, and so they were like, "I just saw your 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 episode about your healing from heartbreak. We need to take you <laughs> out, you know." And I was like, "Well, I'm available today." He said, "Well, we ain't available today, and tomorrow we not, and the day after." I was like, "Well, I'll be over it by the time y'all." You know what I'm saying? So I just, you know, like it'd be like, we we grown, so it's like, yeah. all right, we go out Thursday, Friday to get something to eat right. or whatever. But it's like that'd be hard now if I was dating somebody and then say we all gonna go do this together. Right. And then it'd be it it'd was super be, difficult. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was, it'd, it was it'd very be hard. difficult. And so he said, throw it out the window about yeah, second, third Yeah, he was date. like, I want to I wanna see you. And by that time, I'm getting frustrated, too. I was like, I want to see you, too. <laughs> <laughs> so we ended up just, um, you know, getting together, hanging out. We we did go to, like, a friend house who, like, had a game plan. Him and his girlfriend was there. So it still was kind of like a group thing um, initially. But after that, we just kind of started hanging out, getting to know. But it was, it was a lot with my family. Um, we did a lot of things with my family. His family um, is in Albany, Georgia. So... Um, we didn't really get to that point until, like, I think until he – had he proposed yet? I don't think – because he proposed five months into it. We Everything moves so fast. Like – Let me ask you this, because we, 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 we say this word a lot, and I want to know when we quantify it, is it really fast? To us, it was fast. And our pastor was saying it was fast. What you makes know? it fast? Time. Just, no, what, what, though? Because when I look I mean, at it – because I look at it as this, uh, based on experience – your first conversation was 11 hours. Hmm. 
How long in the past had it taken to gather 11 hours worth of intentional focused time with anybody? Probably like a month. Or exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So in one month, you would cumulatively 15 you're minutes right. here, 10 minutes there, yeah, you're right. whatever. Hey, I'm on my way to work. What you doing? I'm leaving exactly. the gym. What's going on? Mm-hmm. Three minutes here, whatever. And all that, a whole month take 11 hours. Yeah. One day. Right. That's what mm-hmm. I mean by God's when he says his ways are not our mm-hmm. you know, our ways, his time is not yes. our time. A second to God is like a million years to us and My all God. that. Yeah. Because yeah. when God gets infused into a situation, mm-hmm. we have we lose all concept of time. My because Lord. something is taking place in the spirit yes. realm that we're taking notice of in the natural, mm-hmm. but it's something that's at work in the spirit realm Absolutely. that time it just erases the timetable yep. of time. Yeah. So, so that's why I say when I wow. want to unpack that because I'm like, no, you spent 11 hours. Yeah. And it's 11 hours asking some real stuff. It mm-hmm. wasn't like, again, now you said your favorite color was what? <laughs> now you like to eat what? Now what was your last movie? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. To be like, what? How long are you going to keep asking me this? <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? It's 11 hours asking about past tr- trauma. Yes. How have you functioned with your father not being right, present in your right. life? I know you were raised by your mom, mm-hmm. but how did that affect you growing up? Yep. Did you ever go through stages in your life where you felt like there was still hope to reconnect with your yeah, father? Absolutely. How did you make peace mm-hmm. with that? Yep. When you're talking about real conversations, yep. when you're dating somebody that's intentional, they know how to get past all the nonsense. Yep. And we're going to talk about some stuff that's going to be kingdom focused, stuff that's going to affect our lives for real. Yep. Absolutely. Shout I'm out to you, Nikki. I'm going to honor this brother through this yeah. whole interview because mm-hmm. I'm telling you, when you meet a man that knows what he wants, knows what he desires, he's going to skip through all that nonsense Absolutely. and try to weed you out. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Because in the day, it's a weeding out process. Yes. It's like, we're going to talk and see what you're talking about. And then after this 11 hour conversation, you ain't talking about nothing. I ain't talking about nothing. And we're like, well, it was great talking exactly. to you. Exactly. Well, I lost a little away. sleep, but you know, I saved a whole lot of time. You there know, you go. yeah, yes. it's like, shoot, yes. it's all right. Well, I can move on. You know yep. what I'm saying? And so that's what I'm talking about. So that's why I wanted to ask you about mm-hmm. time because even your pastor, they were like, oh, it is fast. Yeah. Fast on what? Well, he's, I think too, because he had just um, gotten out of, I, I share with an you, engagement. an engagement. All right. So, so let's talk about that. So he was engaged. Yeah. Um, October was his, he broke off his engagement in October. We met in December, December 3rd. All right. So he broke his engagement off in October. Mm-hmm. What ended his engagement? Well, the girl um, that he was dating at the time came to him and told him that um, she went to a prophet and he told her that he was going to, the man that she was getting ready to marry was going to beat her. And uh, do something with the kids, run off with the kids and start doing ministry. It was something other piece to it. This was a while ago, so I don't remember that part. But I do specifically remember um, him saying that she's that he would beat her, that the prophet saying that he would beat her. And so, of course, she was scared and, you know, feeling like that she want to, you know, she's going to marry the wrong person. Yeah, exactly. Afraid of marrying the wrong person. So she comes back and break off the engagement. He had did this huge proposal live on his radio show and. I mean, really? yeah, and proposed, and she accepted, and then she came back and told him that she couldn't marry him, and then was like, "I'm gonna ship your ring to you." I'm gonna ship it to you because I think she was living in California or something. So she was living long distance. Yeah, it was long distance. So she was living in California. He was living in Atlanta, in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. and she shipped the ring back to him. That's yeah. She From that she moment would. that she heard that prophecy, she ended it immediately. Yeah, she ended it immediately. Yes. And he's sitting there looking crazy. I mean, like, he was heartbroken. So. I'm, you know, when we meet somebody, I'm sure you guys do this too, but I'm going to study your social media. I'm going to look at your posts. You know, how do you, what type of language are you? It's just, who are you? You can tell a lot by someone's, you know, what they're posting. So I remember coming across that post where he had to go and he didn't have to, but he shared with his audience that they were no longer going to get married. And he went, 
it, I love the way that he it was done. So, uh, I mean, the way that he articulated his thoughts and he didn't bash her. Um, of course, I didn't. I mean, he didn't talk about it in that actual post. The reason why he just, you know, they decided to that this wasn't the right fit and so on and so forth. But he I didn't remember talk about the whole prophecy stuff. No, at all. Yeah, he told me that, you know, personally. But um, I remember when I read all of it, I was like, wow. So when he told me that, um, you know. When he told me that he had just got out of an engagement, most women, you probably would be a little like, you know, alarmed and say, oh, well, let me slow down. I had, I still had peace. I still had peace. Like, I knew that that was my husband. It's just, I, I don't even know how to explain it other than Was God. it the 11-hour conversation? Was it something that was said? Was it something that you wanted to hear that he spoke? He, he was saying everything that I had been praying for. <laughs> Funny because we were talking about yeah. this earlier, but yeah, he was saying everything that I had been praying for. Like, okay, so I like nice things, right? And I had dated this guy, the ex, my ex. That's why you got Louis Vuitton belt on. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm just. Hey, you know, I mean, I can that's just why your, that's why your son had them shoes that I want to jack him for. Because I'm telling you, when I see your little son, hey, he's gonna, have to, he's gonna, he's gonna have to catch these hands. He's gonna catch these hands. I'm taking this shoes. We're gonna talk about that that young king you raising too. Okay. Yeah. Yes. But I, so I I like you know like I said I like nice things and I had dated someone my ex prior to him who made me feel like, um you know how when people that they don't like that kind of stuff or they, they won't spend their money on they yeah. start trying to you know make you feel bad about it and he talked really bad because he was in a situation where he wasn't as financially stable as he wanted to be right. and I was financially stable back then as well and so. He just made me feel really bad about it. And I was like, I knew I didn't want to be in a marriage with someone that was that I couldn't just be myself. Yeah. So he started saying things like, um, he was asking me about what type of ring did I like on the first conversation. And I was like, Well, I'm not a jewelry person. Like, I don't have to have, like, I'm not, I'm not into jewelry. That's not my thing. And so he was like, you know, well, I'm gonna tell you for my wife. Her car and her vehicle, that's on me because I feel like it represents me when I, she's not with me. And I'm like, it was interesting to hear a man think like that because, of, of course, women, we want to be provided for. We want to be taken care of. And so that was a desire that I wanted. Of course, you know, we don't go out and just talk about it. So yeah. it was like he was answering those secret. You know, the Bible yeah. says the secret petitions of your heart. Yes. He was answering those secret petitions of my heart, even when he was um, talking about different things like, you know, like I would ask him different questions and I would say, how do you, how do you, how would you handle this situation, adversity or, you know, and he would tell me, I'm a, I prayed about it and I went and I did this and I fasted and I wanted a man of God that was going to go to God and, and literally make the word of God the final authority. Before talking to your friends, before going out and going to the bar and throwing back some drinks real quick, just so you can feel better before you get home. But I wanted to know that you were going to take that thing to God. We could take it to God as a unit in prayer. So he was, I was listening to him talk about how he was handling different things in his family. Like somebody in his family got sick and how he went down, drove down and laid hands on him, believed God for the healing and got healed. So I'm like, oh, this is how you respond. So those things is when I was like, okay, this is what I prayed for. I like old Nicky. <laughs> that was my homie. Never met him a day before in my <laughs> life. He ain't even here no more. But that's my yeah. homie, boy. I like him. And so, and so um I, I love it. I love it when men do right. Yeah. I love it. I just love it when men do right. So I'm just saluting that king. Um and so um five months in, mm -hmm. he proposes. Yes. What was the proposal like? 
He surprised me. Um, now we had been discussing marriage, and um, we knew I knew it was coming. I didn't know when. I didn't know how soon. But he just uh, he rented out this space in this restaurant in Atlanta and invited all my friends, like my best friends. He got everybody to fly in. Um, he had his family, all his whole family, my whole family, my family from everywhere flew in, friends and everything. And, like, he told me that we were going to go to dinner with one of his good friends. He was like, you know, my friend and his wife, you know, they've been wanting to meet you. And, you know, they hear me talk about this, you know, person that I'm dating and I'm really interested in. And so, um, you know, that's what we did. So we went out to dinner. But it was interesting because the whole time that we were driving, like, I was like, where's your friend wife? <laughs> and I'm like, Rashawn, like, where where is your wife? Like, why? I thought it was going to be a double date, you know? <laughs> but if, if she was doing stuff, you know, everybody was kind of like in on this. <laughs> so I'm like, but I still never knew what was happening. But I was getting frustrated. I was actually getting mad because he kept texting. And I was like, who you texting? Like, we, you know, we supposed to be going to dinner. So his friend driving, he over there texting. And I'm like, this is so rude. You know? his wife. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, and where's your wife? Like something is just not adding up. <laughs> You're a third wheel at this point. <laughs> right. And I'm like, this is kind of odd. Like, and then we were, we kept stopping at all these restaurants because he was like, well, if we did, you know, have a, an engagement party, you know, would you like to have it here? And I was like, why are we looking at, it was just silly to me at this point, but he was dragging it out because I didn't know, but my mom was stuck in the garage and couldn't get her car out. So he was trying to wait. <laughs> and my mom was like, you better not. You, you better, better not bump my baby if I ain't there. <laughs> Shoot, your mom's ain't playing any games. She don't care. Like, you better don't you do it. So they were trying to <laughs> delay and stall and do all this stuff. So by this time, I'm getting like I'm mad. Like yeah. I'm, I'm annoyed. I'm hungry. Yeah. And all that. So we we ended up finally getting to the restaurant. And I remember just walking in. They had these like red curtains. And I opened the curtains because um I thought that they were putting us in like a little back section. I didn't yeah. think it was like anything. And I opened it. And he had a, it was a camera guy. Everybody was like surprised, and then he got down on one knee, and I'm just like, "What?" And I'm looking around the room, and I see my best friends that flew mm. in and drove in, and my family from Mississippi, and I'm just like, "How did you do all this? When did you do all this?" So I don't even know what he said when he got down on one knee. I was just like, "Yes, <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> yes." The answer is yes. <laughs> Whatever you ask him. Yeah, he was saying something about you know our journey and all of that, but yeah, that's how he proposed. And then what? So we were married six months later. Mm -mm, not six months later. You said for you said oh, eleven got, months total. Yeah, we got married, right? So he proposed. We got married. Um, had a beautiful wedding, and it was honestly life was great. You know, life was good. So in eleven months from the day you set your eyes on the day you said I do is yes. eleven months. Mm -hmm. We were married. And then y'all were married, and you gave birth. Walk us through this. Yep. So I gave birth. Um, I think we were married. Hold years. on, before we get that, you drop an engagement video on uh, on social media, and there was a phone call that happened. Oh, so after he proposed, yes, after he proposed. Um, remember, I told you about the girl that he was dating. She called him. We were driving because my family had a family reunion. So we were driving to the family reunion. And he was like, you know, so-and-so was calling my phone. I was like, well, answer it, you know. <laughs> and so he answers, you know, of course, he's on speaker. And she's, she's you know, apologizing. And, you know, I'm just, you know, um, I don't remember the details, but I know she kept apologizing. And then the conversation started going into, like, she started, like, crying. I could, I could tell it was coming the way she was, you know, <laughs> way it was going. And I was just, like, sitting there. 
And so he was just quiet. And so at first I was just like, like, say something, you know, don't, don't just let her sit there and cry like that. Like she out there, you know, she crying, crying. I'm like, you gotta say something. And so (laughs) he's like, yeah, well, you know, I appreciate your apology and, you know, you know, you know, thanks for the call or whatever. And so then she's like, yeah. And, you know, when I just made that decision, you know, I just wasn't thinking like, look, she was saying stuff like that. And, you know, at the time I thought it was the best decision. So I'm just over there like, wrap it up. Let's wrap this conversation up, sir. Because I see where this going. Let's just. Where was it going? Where's it going, Oh, Fowler? yeah. She, she was trying to see, was that door still open? <laughs> After she done seen After that old engagement. After she done seen on engagement and, you know, it was beautiful and everybody sharing it. New power couple alert. And, you know, you know how people do. Yeah. They sharing all this stuff on social. And she, she saw see all how that. Solid yeah, it was. she wanted to know. She said, is it really solid? Yeah. Is this, is it, hey, is it going to withstand the test of time? Because this time is right here on this phone. I'm trying to see if I can get back in there. Yes. Yes. And then what did he say? Um, you know, he told her that he, you know, it was nice talking to catching up with you or whatever, but he had to go. And so he, he got off the phone and I was just like, wow, she really was about to try it. And I was like, that was pretty bold. You know, he was like, yeah, I'm kind of shocked. I can't even believe she did it. You know, I'm like, wow. So we're driving. We had a long, long time to talk about that conversation because I'm just like, that was interesting. <laughs> Yeah, like no, she don't have a chance. Like no. so, that was about about a um, within the first year. Yeah, because it was three months before he met you, and then five months after the guy gay. So eight months later, she called back. Yep, absolutely. Yep, eight and months later to be like, hey, I made the biggest mistake. Yeah, I think of my she life. realized like she just overreacted and just jumped the gun, you know. And which that's that's why we gotta really what like people need to quit profit line out here. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? That's exactly what he said. Somebody went and she didn't went somebody and prophesied to her. And <laughs> now she now she gave my ring back. And I was just like, oh my God. She done shipped the ring back right. and everything. Shipped the ring she back. About, can, and... I, can, can I get that back? <laughs> <laughs> I was under duress when I said that. <laughs> I need to get that ring back. Uh, you know, um, she ain't the one. Fallon is not the one. She is not the one. <laughs> <laughs> so then so then y'all uh have this beautiful wedding mm-hmm. and um what year how long were y'all married? So four years. It was like maybe three or four, you know, weeks per, um shy of four years. And then uh y'all gave birth to your My uh, son, uh uh-huh. our son, son yep. I think we were married let me see, twelve, thirty four. So two years, I believe. Yeah, two years, got pregnant, gave birth um to Nicholas. So when I was 20 weeks pregnant, I just went for just a normal checkup, right? Just a normal doctor checkup. They were doing um, at the 20 week, if you know, you had a child, you know that they do what's called an anatomy scan. And this is where they go and make sure everything is working and everything is developing properly with the baby. And so this particular, so the night before he went to all of my appointments, every single appointment we went together, we got into an argument that I don't even remember what it was about, <laughs> but he had court the next day. And so, Usually he'll try to move some stuff around, but he was just like, we weren't talking. I'll say yeah. that. We weren't talking. And he he was just kind of like, just, I think he may have texted me like, let me know how the appointment go. You know, like I ain't really talking yeah. to you for real, but yeah. just let me know how the appointment go. And I'm like mad too. So I'm like, whatever. Okay. So I get to the appointment and um, she does the scan. And so she said, I'm going to need you to go across the hall to the specialist. And so immediately I'm like, Why? And I was like, is everything okay? She's like, yeah, it's just that this, you know, they have better imaging over there and we can't see the best things over here. So we want you to go over there and use the machine over there because the imaging is better. And I was like, okay. So I ain't thinking anything about it. I walk across the hall. I get over there. 
the doctor does her little um, exam. She turns the light on and she, you know, rolls over to me in the chair and she said, uh, Miss Bonner, um, the baby is showing that he has a spot, a spot on his spine. Mm. And I was like, okay. You know, I'm thinking, what does that mean? And so she was like, he's also measuring small. I'm like, okay. And she said, so we we think that it may be, um, she may have even told me spinal bifida. Now, when she threw that out there, I didn't know what spinal bifida was, but I immediately said, hold on, let me call my husband. Say it again. Say that word slower. Spina bifida. Spina bifida. Spi- bifida. Uh-huh. Spina bifida is a defect of, of the spine. Okay. It's where it doesn't develop properly at, um, in the womb. And so, and it's a, um, it's a, de- a deficiency of folic acid in the mom while the, the child will have that. So Folic acid. Folic acid. Mm-hmm. And I was taking prenatals and all of that. So, you know, it's just, it's a percentage of, you know, births where that happens. Yeah. So I remember calling him and I'm still laying back, you know, on the bed, the little gown on and everything. And I said, um, I said, let me put you on speaker. The doctor is telling me something. So I put him on speaker and she starts saying the same thing again. And he said, excuse me, doctor, excuse me. I, I didn't catch your name. And she said what her name was. He said, Dr. So-and-so, um, I, I appreciate your time. I thank you for sharing this information <laughs> with my wife. He said, but we're believers. <laughs> and he said, and we believe the word of God. Our baby is healed. He said, baby, I'll talk to you when you get home. <laughs> I was done. She was like. She said, thank you. I was thank like, um, and I'm embarrassed, so I put the phone down. <laughs> <laughs> I was like. Um, he said, I'll talk to you when you get home. He said, baby, I'll talk to you when you get home. Come and get in the car. I was like. Okay, and so she started giving me all these brochures and all this stuff. Now, I am, like, fighting back tears, right? Mm -hmm. Because I, prior to doing what I do now, I was a clinical Mm. neurophysiologist. So I've worked with the spine. We work with... You did? Yeah, patients. When My job would... We would monitor patients. We would monitor the central nervous system, the brain, the spinal cord, all of that when patients are having surgeries to make sure there's no defect of the spine. So when she started talking about spine, I knew that it was something serious. You know what I mean? And he didn't know. And so I'm sitting there like, so I'm gathering all the paperwork. And she was like, you know, talk to you. I was like, I got him. You know, because she wanted me to let him know. This How is, serious. Right. Yeah. I was like, I got him. I get in the car and I'm bawling. I couldn't even hold it anymore. I'm like crying hysterically. And to the point where I'm trying to drive, it's raining. I'll never forget this day. It's raining. I could barely see out the windshield because I'm crying. It's, it's like pouring down raining. And I was like, I get myself together and I call him. And I'm like still like crying really hard. And he was like, I'm going to let you get it out because I know, you know, I'm going to let you get it out. He said, but you got to make a decision right now if we're going to trust God. He was like, your response is everything. Mm. Do you believe the diagnosis? Do you receive the diagnosis? Is going to be all in your response. And I was like, but it's our baby. And it's our first. And I'm just saying, he's like, I understand all of that. He was like, those are your feelings. And we got to stay in faith. He was like, we can't get an enemy place. So he just began to start ministering to me and encouraging me. And I was like, I'm going to go because I had a date plan to go hang out with this girl. And we was going to do our little date with um, before our babies were born and all this stuff. And I had never met her. So I was so excited about this little, you know, mom's day out before the babies get here. And I said, I'm just going to go home and and, and I'm, I'm not I'm not going to hang out with so and so. And he was like, listen, you must receive the diagnosis. Mm. And he said, if you don't receive it and we don't receive the diagnosis, carry on like on with you were doing. Day. Yep. So I cried all the way to the restaurant. I got myself together. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. 
How important is it to have a man that thinks like that? That looks at the circumstance, but then look at the circumstance. Look at God and be like, God is greater than the circumstance. That's what I, when I say those intimate, like, desires of your heart, like the secret petitions of your heart, I wanted a man of God like that. Like, that really had a heart for God. It's everything. It is vital. It, to me, it's like, it's attached to your, marrying the right person is attached to your destiny. Like, it's like next to making, you know, next to getting saved and, um, you know, that's I think that's the most important decision. Yep. After that, like that's the it's second that most important second decision. Mo- like because it's attached to your future, to your actual destiny. It, everything is riding on that, and I just thank God that I did not settle. Um, because there were times that I could have settled and married people just because I was tired of waiting. But it was everything. Like he, the way he covered our family was, I mean, second to none. It's just it was amazing. The baby is born. Mm-hmm. What happens? So he's born, and he does have the the just what they said. The um, so his particular case, the his nerve roots was outside of his spine, and so they had to do an emergency surgery one day old to put the nerve roots back in to maybe maybe hope that they would go down and innervate with the perspective muscle groups which was a chance that he could walk or, or be he paralyzed not. for the rest of his life because right. they finna mess with his spine at one like a day old a day old but they had to i mean they couldn't leave the nerve roots out so they had to just put yeah. them back in so they just they really just did it to like put it back in or, and just close it close it up because it was a hole so he immediately went into NICU you know went into the NICU um of course and then they came in and told me they gave they put him in what's called the um angel mobile and they had to rush him to another hospital to get surgery. So I'm at one hospital. They had to take him to another hospital to get the surgery. And so, you know, my husband was like, I'm going to go with him. Is that okay? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Go with him. You know, my mom, my sister, my family's here. Go with him. And so I love, you know, that he was because he was like, I want him to know that somebody from his family is there immediately when he come out of surgery. I, I want him to hear one of our voices. And so I love that he, you know, was able to because I was a, a mess. I couldn't even think. They talking, they bring him up, they brought him over in this little thing, the angel mobile, and I, all I could do was touch like his arm because all the stuff tubes and stuff on him, and I'm a mess at this point. So I'm like, I'm praying, I'm speaking over him, you know, like I could just, I remember I could just touch like his little shoulder, and I just decreed, declared, and prayed, and you know, prayed the word of God over him. And so I'm processing it all. I'm trying to process all of this, and I'm glad that. He was able to think through it, go and do that. And so, you know, he, our baby boy pulled through surgery. Amazing. I mean, he, he did an amazing job, but the doctor did come to me at, you know, while he arrived the surgery and he came over, rolled over his little chair and said, you know, Miss Bonner, we don't think that he's going to walk, but he's going to have a fine life in a wheelchair. And by that time I hadn't got my little faith up because I had been listening to my praise and worship. I hadn't been in my word. And I said, sir, you know, I told him, I said, I appreciate your and a medical expertise. You put you put a husband. Did, you put what your husband did. Thing. You said, "Hey, listen, I've been trained by the best. Let me tell you something. <laughs> I appreciate the years that you spent in school, all the research you've listen, done. But we don't receive that. I'm a believer. Yes. All right. My baby gonna walk, and that's what I told him. So interesting though, and which I'm sure if you guys are believers, you already know this is not really interesting. He's already do- doing stuff that they never thought he would do. Yes. 
he walks with an assistive device and they thought that he would never do that. He was one of the youngest ones to ever get it. Like literally they didn't even want to create something for him to walk in because they were like, well, they say he's too young. And I'm like, he's ready to walk. And so after they created the devices customized to his body, they wanted to do research on him, bring students out because he was the first kid to ever get it. And I'm like, look at you. Look at you showing out. Look at you making the history books already. Already. Nicholas over here making these history books. Man. Yeah. So it was it was nice because he he saw the doctor saw our faith. And so he was like, now he just kind of look at me and smile because he still see him. And he was like, you're doing an amazing job. How he old is like, he now? Seven. Seven. Yeah. Um, it was something that was interesting that one of your friends told you. Mm. What, did, what, 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 yeah. what was that? So you want to get to the part about my Okay. Yeah. So after, so at 13 months old, so we had just celebrated his one year old birthday. This was in August. So you got to think we excited, yeah. right? Um, you know, it was one, the one year old birthday party. And I had already told my husband, like, it's going to be ridiculous. Okay. We pulling okay. up in a little, little baby range, all that, all that. Like we doing, we going all out. Okay. <laughs> and he was so upset. He was like, this is too much money. So I was like, I already told you. We're going all out. So. He's one years <laughs> old. He ain't going to remember he's like, Exactly. He's not going to even remember. But I had already warned him, like, we're going all out. So <laughs> he pulled him to baby range. And he did. He pulled up. They opened the little doors. It was like, look, we did all that. It was it was, it was over the roll. top. Yeah, had a little baby range roll. And so. so we, <laughs> and a little kid wear Gucci shoes. But anyway, we just going, we just, that's what he wears now. It's just, so, so she we, just be doing the most. That's just what she does. So okay? we're, we're on this high. Okay. This really big high. We're excited, you know, and then the next month, which was September, like I shared earlier, my husband had a car accident and he did not make it. Um, and so I get a phone call on this Saturday morning. I get I go to the hair salon. He was going to the barbershop and we had uh, plans to celebrate my sister's birthday. And so we were getting all ready for the day. And I got a, a call from Grady Hospital and I was like, why is Grady Hospital calling me? And I answered the phone and I said, you know, hello. And he was like, is this, you know, Miss Bonner? And I said, yes. He said, are you the wife of Nikki Bonner? And I said, yes. And he said, you know, this is so-and-so from Great Hospital. We have your husband down here. We need you to come down here right away. And I was like, I remember like stopping in my tracks. And I was like, is everything okay? He said, I can't discuss it over the phone. I lost it. I lost it right there. I screamed. I, I think I, I yelled out so loud. My mom was in the restaurant next door with Nicholas I was actually going in the gym to look because that was the last place my mom was like, oh, he went to the gym. So I was going in the gym to get my husband. And um, when I didn't see him in there, that's, I was coming out and I got the phone call. So I yelled out and I, I'm like bent over outside screaming. And she was like, what's going on? I was like, Nikki's at Grady. We got to go. So we get in the car. I'm calling all my friends. I need y'all praying, praying the spirit, praying the spirit. Everybody praying in the spirit. Everybody praying. So I'm driving down. And I, I just I describe it to me. It really was like a movie. Like what you see on the movie, the doctor comes in the room. We're all like some of his best friends by that time had to met me at the hospital. We all in this room just waiting to, for the doctor to come in. And the doctor comes in and was like, they did everything they could. Um, they tried to resuscitate and do all that. But he, 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 his heart stopped beating and he didn't make it. I think I just went numb. You know, if, if I remember correctly, I just went numb. And, um, you know, they said they're sorry. They turned around and walked off. And I remember thinking, that's it? Yeah. It's like just nothing else. Just matter of fact, just, yeah, that's, just I'm sorry and walk off. We're sorry. So, of course, I was like, ask, you know, um, I think I asked them, could I see him? I was like, I want to see him. 
and they told me that um they had already I think moved his body or something and I'm like why they had already taken him to the funeral I, I mean so but anyway um I just remember I feel like the world slowed down everything started going in slow motion at that point for me and I went into as you can expect a deep deep depression um that just I didn't think I was gonna pull through I didn't think I was gonna ever come out of it I didn't think I would ever be the same after that because you spend all this time praying waiting believing you know I'm waiting on my Boaz I'm waiting on my spouse I'm waiting on my man of God and then for him to come and sweep you off your feet it was Better than anything I could have ever imagined. We didn't have a perfect marriage, but it was healthy and we were happy. Yeah. And for it to be snatched away, like I didn't get a chance to say goodbye. I didn't get a chance to talk about anything with him. Um, I just, I felt like a piece of me just left. How did you <clears throat> break through that level of depression, that level of loss? Now you have this young king that is growing up without a father and, you know, you did things right. You wait, you did all the stuff. And now, and now here are these deck of cards that you've been dealt and you're sitting there looking like, what, what now? How did you, how did you recover? What was the first breakthrough that happened? Because what happens when you come through that is several breakthroughs that take place. And so what was the first (laughs) breakthrough to say, I got to live. I got to I got to get out of this. I got to be present in my child's life. I got to be present for me. What was that moment? So it was one day in particular, I was sitting in my bedroom and I spent a lot of time there um, in my bedroom and the Holy Spirit, because by this time I had started doing the lives and we were getting 14, 15, 16,000 views per live. I mean, it was really people. We had really grown like this following I just, it was amazing because I felt like I had nothing to give. And that scripture became really real to me that, you know, his strength is made perfect in our weakness. I had been quoting that for years in church. It became real to me in that moment because I'm like, I'm at my weakest and yet God is like strong. That's how I'm able to show up and do these lives and do all these videos. So I was really um, pouring out heavily, giving whatever I felt like, but then I'll be behind closed doors crying and upset. So I was sitting in my bed one day and I was just like, God, I don't know how I can keep going. Like, how am I supposed, because not only did my husband pass, but financially we lost everything, mm. all of our finances. So I'm just like, how am I going to rebuild my life? Like, how am I going to, you know, provide for, for for us? I was just, I had hit rock bottom. And so the Holy Spirit just whispers so gently to me, in order to keep going, you must keep pouring. And I knew in that moment that that was my answer. Like I had to literally keep just pouring out into empty vessels, which is a whole nother piece how God began to kind of took me because I felt like I got to go and I got to seek God on this. My pastor teaches that whenever there's a need, go get your seed. And so I'm like, all right, I'm a widow. I don't know anybody else that's a widow. That's my age. And so I want to know what does God have to say about the widow woman? So I go to the word. And I come across this scripture about the widow in that jar of oil. My life changed after that. The revelation that he gave was that basically I'm going to be building my business, pouring out into empty vessels, the women that he's called to my ministry, and I'm not going to ever run out. As long as I keep pouring that oil, as long as I keep pouring out my oil, my anointing, the thing that he's called me to do, I'm not going to ever run out. 
to this day was still pouring. That was in 2017. <sighs> you know what's so interesting about that? Because that's what a miracle is. Mm. It don't even make sense. A miracle, when you say, how can I, we always hear, I'm going to bless people by my overflow. Yeah. But you didn't even have nothing to nothing. give. But you had everything to mm. give. You had nothing to give and everything to give at the same time. Oh, my God. That's why the Bible is what it is. That's the reason why God is who he is, is because God can take a little. And what happened in mm. that in that selflessness that you exhibited, God said, okay, she'll still serve me. We cannot beat God given. Yeah. So the minute that we get into a heart posture with God mm -hmm. and say, God, listen, here I am. Whatever you have me do, I'll go. And yeah. God says, I got you, Father. Mm -hmm. Because as a as a loving father, he didn't want to see you broken. He knows how difficult that was to be mm -hmm. going through that. He knows the challenges that were presented. Mm -hmm. But the anointing that you gained from that experience is why it had to happen. Yeah. The 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 spiritual fortitude, the the mental aptitude that you that you've uh, acquired from that experience is what has fashioned you to be everything that yeah. you are today. Yeah. Steadfast as, and unmovable. And as you were speaking, I thought about when you said about marrying the right person. He prepared me. He was basically like, I mean, he did. He ministered to me every day. So I for the years that he had been pouring into me and building me up and ministering to me. I was able to use, I really was ministering from my overflow when he passed. Mm. The years of him pouring, pouring, giving. I mean, that man would sit there. You would think he was preaching from a pulpit the way he would break down that word to me. So immediately when he transitioned and he passed, the, I mean, it's like it just came up out of me. So it was like, I was like, oh my God, I felt like God, you were preparing me. The Bible says that a man shall wash his wife in the water of the mm. word. And that's what happens when you oh, marry Jesus. a man to God. He just began washing yep. you with the water of the word. And so, uh, you know, I hate it that he had to transition, but he birthed another layer mm -hmm. out of you just by his stewardship of his wife. Yeah. And that's what's so doggone beautiful. And now as you begin to continue to pour into your son and, mm -hmm. you know, and and when you look at this, it's just it's, it looks so unfair. You go, <laughs> God. You allow me, my, my husband, to die right. in, a, in, a, in a car crash? Like, right. how random is that? Right. It's a car crash. Car, so yeah. I see car crashes all over down the street and people ain't dying. Yep, absolutely. But you, you do this? Like, for real, this is what we doing? This, this, this is how we doing this, God? Then in the same midst, I'm already dealing with the journey of my son. Yep. You know, like, this is what we doing? Yes. Like, this is this is what a good God is called right here. Mm. You're a good, good father. And this is what this is what your interpretation of that? The interesting thing about that is when I look at people like yourself who have journeyed through some painful things but still able to say, God, I, I love you. Yeah, I trust God, you. I'll still serve mm -hmm. you. And I'll still continue to slay the enemy. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's mind-boggling um, to see you operate in such strength. Um so you start doing these lives. They're growing. Mm -hmm. Now what? Who is Fallon after coming through all of that? Who yeah, is she? I learned so much about myself. Um, I learned that I had something to say of value because 
he, my late husband has such a big personality. He was the one doing the speaking engagements. I was kind of just there to support him. And I didn't really realize and think that I had anything of value. He always, everything that I'm doing today, he prophesied it. He had already said I would be doing he it. He did. Probably better leave me alone He now. spoke it. Probably what that man say. <laughs> what, what did my homie Nikki say to you? So he always told me that I would have a ministry and that I would be ministering to women um, on like faith, um, pretty much like holistically, which is what I do, you know, mind, body, spirit. He told me that um, I had a big call on my life, that I would be growing this million dollar company. Um, I mean, he and he said that often to the point that it was like, he came to me. He was worshiping so hard one day in the shower. He got out of the shower. He was so full. And he just that's when he just started prophesying. He was like, God just told me that you're going to be a millionaire. And I thought that it was going to come from me because I'm an attorney. He said, but God was like, no, I need to come from her because so, because people expect it to come from you. He was like, you know. Father, <laughs> Father, let me tell you something. You know how hard that is for a man? To say that the financial stability of the household is going to come from that woman. And when I tell you, Latarius, I had like a little, like a little, like I wasn't really doing anything. So it was so big. I was, I remember because I was sitting down on the couch and he like, he, you could tell that the spirit just came over. And he was like, I got to tell her now. And I'm looking up at him. I'm like, what do you mean? He was like, it's going to be you. When he caught the shower, was he dressed? He walked around naked he, prophesying. He had on a towel. Make sure he ain't walking he around butt naked prophesying. He had on a towel. Like David dancing out his clothes. <laughs> I'm just trying to make sure. Yeah, he had on a towel. <laughs> but interesting enough, it wasn't, but like, it was shortly shortly after that he had his accident. Shortly after it. Maybe some months after that. And that's why it always stands out in my mind because I'm like, those are some of the last words that he really spoke into my life about where I would be today, what I would be doing. Um, I would be, you know, I would have this big company helping all these women. And I, I'm like, what? Do, I thought, I was like, this is really cute that you think this highly of your wife. <laughs> like, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Like, oh, that's so cute. God. It's literally exactly what I'm doing today. What do you do today? Tell the people. <laughs> yeah, so I, I own a brand. It's called The Slay Ministry, where we help women to transform mentally, physically, and spiritually. We basically help them to get their whole lives together. If they've gone through any type of transition, divorce, heartbreak, you know, even loss, um, we help them to partner with God to rebuild their life. How do people become a member of this? Is this a membership type thing? Is this it's a, a course? It's what an eight-week program. It's an eight-week program. Mm -hmm. I'm going to drop a link. Um I'm gonna drop a link in the I'm just so full right now. I'm gonna drop a link in the description. Um shout out to my son Armani. Armani's been gone for a couple of months and God has restored uh our relationship yes, and God. restoring. Praise and God. uh the day that I dropped the episode about healing from heartbreak, I got a call from Armani. Armani Armani he wouldn't listen to he wouldn't answer my calls. Armani had me <laughs> blocked on social media. I still what? think I'm still Armani. blocked on social media. <laughs> I like, yeah, you don't want to be my Instagram friend? Forget you then. Oh no. But he had me blocked, you know. <laughs> I love that dude. And so when I when I when I hear stuff like this, I see that God is still a miracle worker. Yes. And it's so awesome that God has positioned you to keep pouring. Mm -hmm. To keep pouring and created a beautiful business where all you're doing is pouring. Yep, that's it. That's really what we do. Yeah. Wow. That's all we're doing. We just pour and re and help women to rebuild, have hope again, and live. And 
I love it. I mean, we we're blessed to work with some amazing women. They're awesome, 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 and they pour into me too. You know, of course, like, it's always reciprocal. Yeah, we was like we see what you're doing, and we appreciate you know how you show up for us. So, what are some what are some testimonies you've heard oh, from God. from some of the people that have uh, graduated the program? I think one of the biggest ones was when um because after the eight weeks we do like a two day in person retreat where we really take time to love on the women. Um, and just, you know, wrap up our time of working together. And I'm wrapping up the last day of the retreat. It's a two-day retreat. And the husband, the wife, come, one of the wives come in and said, one of my clients who's married, she come in and she said, Fallon, my husband want to come in and say something to you. Is it okay? And I said, sure. Yeah, we just cleaning up. He comes in and he said, listen, I just want to thank you personally for what you've done for my wife. He said, not only did it impact me, and I started doing what you teach her to do. I started getting up doing it. Then it started to, to filter down to our boys, our young boys. And now they're doing it. He said, so, you know, I heard about your story. I just want to thank you for showing up in spite of, he said, what you're doing has, what you're doing has not only impacted my wife, but it's impacted our bloodline, our generation, our entire household. Keep doing what you're doing. I'm trying to tell you. When I say you can't be, I'm trying my best not to just break down crying. So I'm just going to I'm gonna talk and I'm going to keep my eyes closed so tears don't roll out, okay? Oh my God, yes. yeah. I'm just going to sit here. There is no way on God's green earth that, the de- that, that God will ever be outperformed by the devil. Mm. There is no way on God's green earth that he will ever allow himself to be outperformed by the devil. Man. The stuff that you've been through, you think God ain't going to give you double for your trouble? You think that God is was going to sit back and the end of the story was, well, I got married and I got married to this dream man and he died. My son was born with with, with, with this thing that I still can't pronounce. <laughs> and so uh, we said uh, spinal spina, bifida. Spina, spina bifida. Bifida. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to say diffida. So. Mm-hmm. It's a bifida. B, yeah. Spinal bifida. My son was born with this. Mm-hmm. It's in the story. I lost everything. Finance is gone. Husband was the breadwinner. He gone. Money yeah. gone. I'm yep. just struggling. I just don't know. And But God is good. No. <laughs> God said, keep living. That's exactly. I mean, the way you just unpacked that, I'm like, wow. That's exactly what happened. God, God ain't going to never, he'll sit back and say, but it's, it's all contingent upon us. Mm. It's contingent upon us waking up every day, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. pursuing the heart of God every day. Yeah. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things be shall be added. Amen. So when you be yeah. talking about a house and mm-hmm. your son wearing those Gucci shoes, I'm going to yeah. jack them for, yeah. you know, it's just a thing. <laughs> just a thing. Absolutely. It's just a thing. Yep. All this stuff is things. Yep. You talk about money, it's a thing. Yep. You talk about house, it's a thing. Yep. That don't mean nothing. Yeah, absolutely. He yep. says, seek ye first the kingdom. That's you seek it. me, all this stuff will be added. Yep. It's just, it's just, that's the get rich quick scheme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's that when we grow weary in our well doing, is yeah. where we Thanks. we fail, where we faint, mm-hmm. where we go, oh man, God ain't God, I'm serious. I'm God, God has forgotten about me. Yeah. God said, No, you're right on the mm-hmm. you're right on the cusp of a breakthrough. Yeah. Just just keep just keep pressing. No, nah, I'll forget it. I give up. But when everything did fall apart, my faith was all I had. And I remember saying it, I spoke at his homegoing service, at my husband's homegoing service, and I I remember saying those words. That's the only part of the speech I remember. But I was like, my faith is all I have. What am I going to do? Go back to the world and do what? <laughs> I said, Turn up, take I mean, the pictures like this right, again. Like, we see what that, I mean, no. <laughs> Been there, done that, I'm good. <laughs> you said something powerful uh, that I want to circle back around that you said 
What did you? What did your friends say about oh, your yes. your son? Yeah. So after everything happened, um, because it was a car accident, and we didn't get a chance to discuss things. The last thing that we discussed was that we were believing God for his healing. Right. And we were not going to get a wheelchair for him. Yeah. Because that's you know they was like oh get him a wheelchair. I was like no we're not gonna get him a wheelchair. So I'm sitting at my friend's house and I'm just talking to her and I was like you know I was telling her about that you know Nikki and I discussed you know so I'm like. I'm, me and my husband made this decision. I'm going to stick with it. He's not here, but I'm going to still stick with it. So I'm sharing it with her. And she said, Fallon, you know, um, God can still heal Nicholas in a wheelchair. You know that, right? <laughs> you laughing, but I broke down crying. I know it because it because was a challenge was of like, your faith. You was like, if I get the wheelchair, that means I'm sold out. And I'm not going to do that. I'm going to stand <laughs> on my faith. that's religious stuff. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know... I, I'm just so grateful that God used her to speak to me. And I remember just sitting there and I cried and I was like, it's just that simple. She said, it's not going to stop him from healing him. Get him what he need while you're waiting on the, the miracle to manifest. And so I went immediately, made the appointment to get his wheelchair. And I never forget, he get in that chair and it's like he lit up. Like my sister said, you know, he got his legs. And I was fighting back tears because I felt like immediately as a mom, I felt like I was holding my baby back. Yeah. And I was like, how dare, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here so thinking, riding I'm in, around seeing I'm in people. Fact, oh, yeah. He he uh, rolled over to the next room and went in there to little girl and he did his little head like this. And the mom like, who are you? He says, my girl right there. I'm just shooting my shot right here. <laughs> I was like, ma'am, I'm sorry. I'm so, and y'all, he was like two or three. So I think two. Matter of fact, he was two. And I'm like, I'm so sorry, ma'am. You know. <laughs> riding out in the room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She said he got his legs. He, he got his legs because he, he lit up. It's like we saw a different kid when he got in that wheelchair. Lit up. So I thank God that he used my friend to just really free me from religion in mm. that moment. Thinking that I'm in faith. So, yeah. Fallon, you have blessed my soul. You have blessed my life hearing that. Uh, to see how much you are just standing on the promises of God. Uh, so many people are going to be so encouraged by the story. Hey, y'all, make sure that y'all go sign up for this course. The le- the the link is going to be in the bio. Man, if y'all want to be blessed by this woman of God coaching you through the processes of your life to yeah. edify you, to rebuild you, to strengthen you. Mm-hmm. Now you'll join a community yep. of believers that's going to keep you lifted up and hold you up and empower you to get to the next level of your absolutely. life. Uh, wow. I mean, that's absolutely amazing. Also, I want the body of believers to begin to pray for old Nicholas. Yay. You know, this is the miracle of... This season is called Miracles and Manifestation. And mm. I, when I say I'm in the vein and I've been saying, God, I want to see some miracles. Mm. I want to see some testimonies. I want to get some praise reports. See, we don't mm. get a chance to hear praise reports yeah. like we used to do growing up. Yeah. You know, we just don't believe it no more. Right. But, you know, I'm one of those people and I'm just stupid enough to believe God. Mm. You know, I always say I'm dumb enough to believe what God yes. says. And so I want you, Lit Fam, to circle around uh, oh Nicholas and I want y'all to be praying for this brother pray for a breakthrough pray for healing Amen. wouldn't that be amazing yeah wouldn't that be amazing you sit back and you calm and you screaming at the top Ooh, of your lungs you like you like oh my god you're just going crazy. Fallon, I don't know what you're saying. What's going on? You got to get, I don't have the gift of interpretation of tongues just yet. I can speak in tongues, but I can't interpret it. So you got to explain what you're talking about. And you say that your son is walking on yes. his own.
That would be amazing. We got bodies of believers in Kenya. Mm-hmm. We got bodies of believers all across the world where faith is on a high because mm-hmm. they don't have a lot. You know, they don't have a lot but faith. Yeah, yeah. And so I really love it in those countries like that where they're, they, they've they seen miracles take place. They've mm-hmm. seen it. Uh, here in America, we'll think a miracle away. We'll be like, I mean, God really didn't do it. I mean, he was literally... He was he was limping. I mean, now he's just walking. Ain't no big deal. You know, you'd be like, ah, y'all so skeptical about everything. <laughs> yes, they are. Yeah, but what I'm what 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 we're gonna believe for, and I'm gonna lead in prayer right now, is mm-hmm. we're gonna believe for Nicholas to to experience his healing. Amen. Heavenly Father, we come to your day right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, you declared in your word that by your stripes we are healed. Yes, God. We have accepted diagnosis. We've accepted cancer. We've lost loved ones due to different illnesses. But God, I still believe, mm-hmm. we still believe that you're a miracle worker. Yes, you're a way maker. Lord, there is nothing too impossible for you. So God, we lift up Nicholas right now in the name of Jesus. We ask that you touch his spine like you've never touched it before. God, we ask right now for you to to deliver him and set him free. God, that he'll have a, an amazing thriving life where he's able to walk, Lord. Mm-hmm. With no assistance. God, we still believe that there is nothing too impossible for you. So we stand in agreement. You said where two or more are gathered in your name, there shall you be in the midst. God, a couple of seasons ago, you allowed Tiffany, who was blind, getting dialysis every single day because she needed a kidney. You brought her a kidney. You brought it through the most unassuming and unlikely person, one of her close friends who never really understood the severity of her diagnosis. But you brought her a kidney. Now she's having a thriving and healthy life. I've seen you do it once, God. I've seen you do it twice. I've seen you do it countless of times. God, I ask that you do it again. As our faith joins in this initiative right now, in this this call, in this pool, God, I want a praise report from Fallon I want a praise report and God will be so careful to give you the praise the glory and the adoration we thank you we thank you in advance in Jesus name we pray amen amen thank you and when God heals them he gotta give me those Gucci shoes you know that's 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 how we negotiate we gotta sew those Gucci shoes in my ministry amen amen <laughs> listen Fallon it's been an honor to talk to you oh, it's a uh, pleasure. I think people have uh they they oh, wait till you see these comments wait till you see those dms how can people get uh in touch with you on instagram yep my social media handles facebook and ig is at fallon f-a-l-o-n-b-o-n-n-e-r fallon bonner yep hey y'all give it up for my new homie fallon bonner y'all ladarian thrusted suddenly into child protective services in 2015 my nephew black a boy The likelihood of being adopted outside of kinship, slim to none. Armani, 16 years old, black, a boy, with five years in the foster care system before I even knew his name. The likelihood of ever being adopted, yep, you guessed it, slim to none. While Ladarian and Armani were trying to survive and barely thrive in an overpopulated and underfunded foster care system, I was living my own life, doing well professionally, Having been a single father with a daughter who at that point was doing well in college, it was my time to live my life, right? Wrong. I felt unsettled, tireless, agitated. There are just too 
many of our black children stuck in ambiguity and in the limbo of the foster care system. In 2017, I legally adopted my nephew, Ladarian. Fast forward to 2019, I had no ties to this other young king, but I felt God instructed me to adopt him also, and I obeyed. Starting over with parenting should have been enough, right? Working with various foster care and adoption agencies to help bring awareness to the countless young black kings in the foster care system should have decreased my agitation, right? Joining the board of directors of Advantage Adoption, an organization that helps find permanent adoptive homes for children in foster care should have led to some type of resolve, right? No, not at all. None of it felt like I had done enough. I now realize that every one of those experiences was laying the fundamental foundation for my life's mission, Kingdom Royale. Kingdom Royale will be a luxury, state-of-the-art home for foster boys. Our first location will be in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We will utilize the whole person approach that instills identity, empowers them to advocate for themselves, and enlightens them regarding new perspectives and limitless options that they thought were impossible. Though the young kings will attend the local public schools that are in proximity to Kingdom Royale, our at-home curriculum will broaden their worldview through participating in the arts, attending various cultural events, learning about and engaging in multifaceted discussions about current events and even relevant historical contexts, introducing them to gardening and landscaping and even caring for our animals on our farm and on-site stables. We just launched our startup capital campaign with the goal of raising $2.8 million. Now, why $2.8 million? Well, in 2017, I created a web series in which I performed random acts of kindness for targeting the homeless community. One of the most notable successes was that one of the videos went viral, garnering 28 million views. However, one of my biggest regrets is that I didn't raise a single dollar to help in implementing a more sustainable plan for the homeless community. So throughout the years, with much remorse, I reflected on not maximizing that moment. I knew if at that time, just 10% of the viewers donated $1, we would have raised at least $2.8 million that could have really established long-term support for the homeless community, or at least started a long-term initiative to do so. This is my do-over. This is our new beginning. Together, we can attack this at the root by specifically helping our homeless black boys who are already disproportionately represented in the American foster care system. I'm Latarius R. Whitfield. I've been nominated for three regional Emmys documenting my work with the homeless as well as my personal adoption journey. Despite those accolades, the greatest award for me is truly providing the infrastructure for a transformed life. Visit KingdomRoyale.com for more details. Crown a king and make a donation today. You know, when I get a chance to talk to people who have overcome some of the most painful situations, I find strength. I find encouragement. Fallon, you're absolutely amazing. I'm in awe with your strength. I'm in awe with your purpose. I'm in awe with how you've allowed God to take the pain of your past and create a platform. Keep queening. Here's my favorite part of the podcast where I speak to my future wifey. Dear future wifey, we often hear the phrase, every day isn't promised. What does that mean to you? Well, let me tell you what that means to me. 
We will not allow petty stuff to cause division between us. Disagreements won't fester. We'll recalibrate our attention towards the other and be extremely sensitive towards the seeds of distractions. Our marriage will not be based on convenience, but our covenant. We will cherish each minute of the day as a gift. We will never neglect to thank the other for the gift of faithfulness, trust, love, peace, honor, respect, care, comfort, prioritization, and grace. Every day isn't promised. More importantly, reciprocal love isn't promised. Let's make it our mission to reciprocate love towards each other. Your future hubby. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Remember, be lit, live intentionally and transparently, and don't stop loving. Make sure to subscribe to our Dear Future Wifey YouTube channel. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. We welcome your support. Simply share our podcast with your friends and family.